Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, welcome to the show. But before we get started, let's talk about our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Here's the deal. The Bob Seska Show is almost entirely fueled by our Patreon subscribers, and we couldn't do four-plus shows per week without your generous financial support. If you dig what you hear today, please consider signing up for just $1 per month or maybe even $5 per month on our Patreon page. Depending on your pledge, you'll get all kinds of bonus content from me and my troop of co-hosts. Plus, it's the best place to contact me in person as we continue to post exclusive content like our post-mortem shows twice per week, as well as the Friday After Party podcast and commercial-free versions of this podcast. So get going. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. <laughs> Sorry, folks, park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. Yes, uh, we're here to see Mr. Roy Wally. What is your name, sir? Clark W. Griswold. What's this regarding, Mr. Grizzle? Ah, uh, we're public amusement relations. There is a summer inspection to a personal matter. Ah, oh, inspection. <laughs> well, nobody, uh, nobody notified this office of, um, of anything. Well, uh, I'm notifying you. I'm afraid I'm going to need a little more than that, sir. Okie dokie. How's this? <laughs> Clark, have you lost your mind? Where did you get that? Sporty good store, honey. Now you listen to me, fat ass. You do what I say and it won't be any problem, okay? Okay. We just drove 2,460 miles just for a little Roy Wally entertainment. The moose says you're closed. I say you're open. We're not really violent people. This is our first gun. No, it isn't. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> This is all to say I'm uh, on vacation next week. No shows next week, but there will be an indie music countdown. I'm going to do that. We're going to have an indie music countdown, and then we'll all be back uh, starting on July 6th. So get over it. (laughs) From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, June 24, 2021. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 156 of the Biden-Harris administration, 501 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on an Instagram at the Bob Seska on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go. And here come the goth ninjas. Yeah. For those of you just joining us for the very first time, <laughs> my Thursday co-hosts are Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker.com, also at sexyliberal.com, and patreon.com slash from the bunker subscribe why don't you also uh, david ferguson we call him t-rex from the t-rex report podcast also from astral summer astralsummer.bandcamp.com and collectively they are the goth ninjas hi hi goth ninjas hello hello uh, hi you know um as i said at the top of the show no shows next week i'm, I'm looking forward to a week in which i do nothing but uh, ride my bike and watch marvel movies 
That's going to be basically the extent of my vacation. I'm not traveling anywhere necessarily. I'm looking forward to uh, having that time off. I need to refuel the outrage tanks. But one of the things that we've been talking about the last couple of days here, and which we will continue to talk about once we get back from the break, and that is uh, post-traumatic stress disorder coming out of especially the past year, but certainly the past year plus the previous three or four years, which have been, uh, I don't need to tell either of you, have been uh, somewhat nightmarish as far as uh, not only following the news, but having the news plunked down into our laps in a way that is deeply personal. And that is this, you know, coming out of this uncontrolled pandemic in which the president of the United States was entirely irresponsible, entirely destructive, uh, is uh, certainly responsible for the deaths of you know upwards of 600,000 Americans, 40,000, this is an amazing statistic I saw the other day, 40,000 children in this country lost at least one parent to COVID. Mm. That's a big fucking deal. And so yeah. it occurred to me that I think millions of us I mean, millions upon millions, tens of millions, perhaps hundreds of millions of us are dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder coming out of this. And, and the way this occurred to me, just by way of some background, I will get your thoughts on this, is uh, as I was driving to uh, have lunch with my mom on Saturday, I was noticing as I was driving through the Washington, D.C. Metroplex, the Beltway, and so on, that there's a lot of crazy fucking drivers out there right now. I mean, I mean, it's not just because I didn't do a lot of driving and I'm suddenly re-experiencing the driving that happens in the Washington, D.C. area on the eight-lane death strip, as G. Gordon Liddy used to call it, uh, known as the Beltway. But this was, I think, different. This was uh, amplified. There were a lot of people pulling right up to your tailgate, right, riding your ass. There were a lot of people zigzagging through traffic at top speed. A lot of anger, a lot of rage out there, a lot of screaming from car to car. It was palpable. It was noticeable. And it hmm. occurred to me, this is, I think, one of the ways that post-traumatic stress is manifesting itself. So I wanted to ask you both, how are you doing? Uh, how are you doing, Jody? Um, do you feel as though you've got, at some level, post-traumatic stress disorder out of all this? I do. Um, it's funny because like in my neighborhood where I walk the earth like yeah. pain <laughs> um, every day, Yeah. Uh, there's it's, it's within about a two-mile radius of my house. Yeah. And there's when when at the height a year ago, say, everybody was wearing masks. Yeah. Like seriously, everybody was wearing masks. And a lot of the people that I run into at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning are say over sixty-five because mm -hmm. that's your morning constitution. Yeah. And so when they started to get vaccinated, I noticed masks were coming off. Mm -hmm. You know, we were all going, Yeah, I got masks, you know, I got vaccinated. Yeah. And so the other day, this this two women that they don't live together. They live in two separate homes in the same neighborhood that I walk near, but they walk together a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was yesterday or the day before, cause I still mask up outside double mask. Oh wow. Uh, okay. One, I, I, I have a neck gaiter over a mask because basically it's nice to have my face and my neck be the same color. <laughs> and it feels good in the summertime too, to have all those layers, right? It's really nice. Actually, it doesn't bother me. It's nice. <laughs> okay. Um, but so, so the, the, one of the ladies, she goes, why are you still wearing a mask outside? And it's not like we're close together. It's not like where Stephanie goes and hikes where you're, mm -hmm. you know, on a one lane dirt road. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely separate. And I said, just in case I turn the corner and run into somebody, mm -hmm. I said, I'm fully vaccinated, but I don't want to get it and give it to somebody that can't be vaccinated. Yeah. Not won't. I don't care if they won't. I'll give it to you because yeah. you're asking for it at that point. But yeah, yeah. for people that can't, because I have friends that cannot be vaccinated due to organ transplants and other things. Mm -hmm. So, and that's my concern. I said, I don't, I went a whole year and a half so far not getting it. Yeah. I knew seven people that died from it and mm -hmm. several people that got it. And one friend of mine who's in only in her 40s, she's a long hauler. Yeah, she wow. couldn't even walk a few weeks ago. Jesus. So there's mm. that problem. Yeah, um, yeah. She's 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 walking now, but it was it's been that bad for her and her husband and her daughter. She's got a ten year old daughter. You mm -hmm. know that's not yeah. easy for her husband either. Yeah, yeah. So, but I said, you know, you know, and and I, even if I don't go into a store, like this morning I was walking my niece's dog, but it was five o'clock in the morning, so 
I had a mask with me, but I didn't put it on, and that just feels weird. Mm -hmm. It does. I, you know what? I was having lunch with my mom, and I had flashbacks to this mm -hmm. reoccurring nightmare that I think a lot of us had, where we were out in some, and this is before vaccines, oh, yeah. where we're out, we're at the mall or something like that, we're shopping, and suddenly you, you realize, oh my God, I don't have a mask on. What am I going to do? I got to find a mask. Where's the mask? I got to find a mask. And it's this panic sensation that you get when you kind of have a nightmare, right? That falling mm -hmm. feeling. And sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night after having that dream and go, oh my God. And I would still feel like I was in it. And I go, oh, thank God I'm, I'm here in bed. But that's one of the things. It's just this, it was the ongoing trauma of not mm -hmm. only the fact that our neighbors, our family members, our friends, if we were to encounter them, we would have to assume, and we'd wire ourselves for this, that they were possibly breathing poison. And yeah. there's that. Plus, you know, not only that, but the instability of mm -hmm. knowing that there was no leadership going on in Washington mm -hmm. as far as the White House, as far as the president went. He was exacerbating everything, making everything worse. And so it was that constant feeling of another shoe about to drop. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is massively destabilizing. That is unsettling for all of us who have always relied, whether it's a, a president from our party or another party, you always mm -hmm. tend to rely on the president to kind of set a tone for the country. And in this case, it was holy shit, we're going to feel like we're dangling off of the top spire of a skyscraper like those Russian youths who hang off, you know, and that, it was like watching those videos, but in real life, you know the videos of the Russian kids hanging off the tops of skyscrapers yeah. without, you know, ropes or, or chains or nets or anything like that? That's the feeling, that feeling that you get when you see those kids. That's the feeling we were kind of experiencing on some level. It was like this low-frequency fear and pain and watching people we know know succumb to this this is terrible just absolutely terrible and i think the sooner we all come to terms with those things with why we were there why this all happened the way it happened i think that's the only way we can ultimately hear what, what how do you feel david as far as uh, coming out of all of this now <laughs> uh, that was exactly the answer I was hoping for. Commenting on Marsha Blackburn's cow outfit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Eat more chicken. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of feel like the rest of the world has joined me in my post heart attack life. Hmm. Like there was this huge destabilizing event yeah. where you could not take for granted that you would wake up okay tomorrow or ever. Mm -hmm. Like, and uh, I mean, I've just kind of accepted depression. It's just like a, a just a part of my life now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, and I I do my creative things and I like try to find a job and I just it's like, and then I have a day where it just it's all so overwhelming that I can't move off the couch yeah, and I yeah. cry all day and. Do, do you uh, feel I, like your your worldview, your perspective on life has changed because of the past year? Do you think you're looking totally. through things through a different prism? A much darker prism because yeah. I really, I just, you know, I would have thought, you know, I used to say this would be a great time for aliens to come because it would at least <laughs> unify us against an external threat, which <laughs> typically right. brings, yeah. you know, civilizations together. And mm. uh, here came this massive existential external threat and half the people in the country were just like, you know, la, 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 you know, I'm, mm. you know and, uh, yeah. it's the, the whole, and, and they're still doing it. That's the worst thing for me is that like none of them have learned anything. That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, ultimately what you were saying about uh, the red hats never changing, the shirkers, the refuse nicks never changing. Uh, that's absolutely true. And it doesn't bode very well for the next, you know, national crisis that we have to face, the next uh, global emergency. I'm just we're going to end up like Iraq, where yeah, we're just yeah. like a civilization like in tatters, torn <laughs> by internal strife. Mm -hmm. Because I just I remember talking to a guy from Lebanon who had joined the U.S. Army and was stationed in my hometown. This is before I moved to Athens. And, yeah. and he was telling me, like, you know, he said, no one's a terrorist until they murder your cousin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and then it just escalates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just think about the violent red hats. And, uh, you know, I, I worry that we're just going to end up like, you know, with a civilization and infrastructure in tatters. It's torn by sectarian violence like Iraq in 2005. Oh, yeah. But um, sectarian is a good word to use. That's actually a really good word to use in our, yeah. in our context. Yeah. 
because that's where it feels like, I mean, we're really like people are like digging in along these kind of tribal lines. Mm-hmm. And the the refuseniks, the, you know, the useful idiots of the right are a small portion of the population, but they are very heavily armed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just, you know, we keep seeing more mass shootings and it just it. I worry. I worry that we're headed into like this. The, I, I remember thinking at one point years ago, I was looking at people just cheerfully walking down the street in my town and was thinking about the fact that like there are no tanks, yeah. you know, and, but the, it sometimes feels to me like the, the social contract is such a thin, delicate thing. That oh, God, yeah. And it's become thinner and more brittle over the past three, four years, certainly. And I'm still. I mean, I wear a mask when I go to the grocery store, and I, you know, I live in a university town, and young people can think they're invincible anyway. So if they're vaccinated, they're all running around with their masks off. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, back into being the minority of people who are walking around, and, and I hate wearing a mask. It fogs yeah. up my glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, like Jody was saying, I don't want to be the, you know, and the person who gives it to someone else. Because there are breakthrough infections. The hospitalization rate is vanishingly low Mm -hmm. for people who are vaccinated. uh, But it just... uh, Yeah, yeah. It's it's the the unknown. It's the disease uh, or the the lack of uh, solid footing that you feel that is kind of... But I also feel like there's a huge amount of cognitive dissonance with, you Mm -hmm. know, advertisers and everyone urging everyone, you know, jump back into life Mm -hmm. and, you know... Welcome back, says Applebee's, you know, and it's just like, good to see you, America. It's like, I don't think this is the same America. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, Randy Rainbow apparently is going back on the road, and a friend of mine emailed me. She goes, would this be something you would like to see? And I said, he was the last show I saw before I couldn't go out anymore. Hmm, wow. Um, and... No, I'm not going to indoor venues anytime, except the Foo Fighters, God bless them, yeah. you know, here last week. Um, which did I didn't you go know about that? until it was after. Oh yeah, they were great. Um, <gasps> Jody. Nice, I did not go. A friend of mine oh, did oh, go. Oh. Yeah. No, well, you had to be, you had to be vaccinated. You had to be vaccinated to get into you that show. You had to be fully vaccinated here in LA as well as at Madison Square Garden. <clears throat> um, and that's how they're doing it. They're mm-hmm. like, you can't come to our show unless you are, which I completely and utterly agree with both with the venue and with the bands. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, she's like, do you want to go to this? And I said, I would love to if it were outdoors and I knew everybody was vaccinated. Like mm-hmm. if you were playing the Hollywood Bowl, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I you don't know, th- I mean, I went I went to a grocery store on Tuesday um, and it was the first time I'd seen people without masks because the mask mandate in California is following CDC. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Yep. And I'm like, I'm vaccinated, but I'm still wearing a freaking mask. Yeah, because I don't trust anyone. <laughs> That's my problem, especially now. I don't trust my fellow American because because right. of the past year, because of all the shirkers and the people just flaunting the rules, not even paying attention to the rules, and in fact, openly campaigning against them. I have zero capacity to believe yeah, that anyone around me that is. Guy, but yeah. you meant flout. Yeah, flout. Flaunt. flaunt. Okay. Flouting the rules. Yeah, <laughs> flaunting right. is like to show off. Like I was, we were flaunting the rules when we were early mask adopters. Stop that! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the ultimate thing is uh, you're not alone. We're all in this together. We're all experiencing similar things to different degrees, obviously. Some people have it worse and some people have it not as bad. But uh, the important thing is that we're all in this together and that we, I think, uh, through this collective conversation, we can start to find ways to heal ourselves, to heal our society. And hopefully this will, to some degree, you know, become something that is a a viral conversation that we all begin to have in our private lives as well, you know? So if you're feeling emotionally fragile, if things that would not normally make you burst into tears make you like can make you lose a whole afternoon, if you're feeling claustrophobic and tired of your house, but you don't know where to go and you're scared to go to public events, you're not alone. Yeah. I'm here with you. That's Message right. me on Twitter yeah, at Compromat Band. We'll talk about it. It's anxiety. It's depression. It's post-traumatic stress disorder, and we really are a changed society. Yeah, we are. We are. And I, I don't know that it ever goes back to the way it was before. It's, it may feel normal moving ahead at some point, but it's not the same kind of normal that we had before all of this happened. And I'm going all the way back to like pre-2016, because uh, it, it started in earnest in 2016, I believe, with just the destabilization of the Donald Trump 
uh, reign of terror in this country. And I don't use terror lightly as a word. Uh, that's the best way to describe, I think, what we went through for uh, four plus years with that guy. So, um, all right. Well, that's it. And you know what? We do actually have some good news coming out of that. <laughs> We've got lots of good news, actually. A few items of good news here today on the show. Uh, first of all, big breaking news right before we started the show. Rudy Giuliani's law license has been uh, suspended. So this is um, this is great. About fucking time. It's despicable. Yes. Suck it. Suck it, Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Take your shitty hair dye. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's had his law license suspended for making copious, demonstrably false statements about the election. In a ruling handed down by the New York State Supreme Court on Thursday, the state's attorney grievance committee successfully moved to have former New York mayor's license suspended. Specifically, Giuliani's actions related to his defense of former President Donald Trump were to blame, according to the court. We conclude that there is uncontroverted evidence that respondent communicated demonstrably false and misleading statements to courts, lawmakers, and the public at large in his capacity as lawyer for former President Donald Trump and the Trump campaign in connection with Trump's failed effort at re-election in 2020, the court found. These false statements were made to improperly bolster respondents' narrative that due to widespread voter fraud, victory in the 2020 United States presidential election was stolen from his client we conclude that respondents' conduct immediately threatens the public interest and warrants interim suspension from the practice of law. Fucking A. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yes, accountability is happening. I mean, this is the first step, I think, in a long series of uh, legal battles that I think Rudy Giuliani is going to have to take. And we're going to get into one of the reasons why in just a second, having to do with Nancy Pelosi. But this is obviously going to be met with screams of deep state. And I'm sure Fox News is going to go indiscriminately bananas over this for the next uh, two, three weeks about how uh, they're being so terrible and vicious to (laughs) Rudy Giuliani by stripping him of his law license, especially Donald Trump. I'm sure he's uh, already scribbling down a ridiculous statement to post on his website or whatever the fuck it is. Faxes now. <laughs> yeah, right. Ah. Faxes, perfect. Welcome to the 1990s. Obviously, Rudy's not going to be representing Donald Trump for a while. Uh, I don't know. How long is this suspension? It can't, he can appeal it. Yeah, he probably will, too, <laughs> because... These guys can't accept responsibility. The party of personal responsibility is dead. It no longer... Well, it's now the Democrats. We, we hold our Democrats responsible when they screw up. Uh, this also leads us to further accountability that we're going to get out of the United States House of Representatives. Thank God Nancy Pelosi has officially announced a January 6th uh, select committee to investigate the events of the insurrection. She said uh, this morning with great solemnity, I'm announcing that the House will be establishing a select committee on the Jan 6 insurrection. Pelosi said in a news conference this morning, the select committee, which will require a majority vote in the Democratic-led House to be formed, okay, so they have to cross that threshold, but they probably will, is a signal that Pelosi wants to centralize those investigations in one body that will be equipped with subpoena power. Ha, 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 subpoenas and tasked with publishing its findings. And so I <laughs> I wonder if Alex Jones is going to get a subpoena. I wonder if Roger Stone's going to get a subpoena. I wonder if Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr. is going to get a subpoena. Yeah. All the, oh, my God, McCarthy. Subpoena, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> but he should, she, should put, she should put Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger on that committee to make it quote Mm -hmm. bipartisan Mm -hmm. unquote right right well i think it's going to be uh probably majority democrat but only by only by one seat i think it'll be that kind of divide it'll be like a just a regular committee where it's you know obviously the democrats hold sway over that but it says here a select committee is all but guaranteed to be a uh, more partisan forum than an independent commission would have been yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem that you end up in with uh, the House of Representatives is the House of Representatives is where things go to get partisan. 
And remember, there was an episode mm-hmm. of The West Wing where uh, mm-hmm. C.J. Craig decided, well, you know what? The, uh, Come and get us. Yeah, the, the, opening that beer. <laughs> right. The, the special prosecutor was too friendly to the White House in investigating the White House. So they're like, what we need here is a partisan shovel fight. So let's give this investigation to the House of Representatives. But that's obviously fiction. That was the West Wing <laughs> in this case. You know that it's going to, uh, the Republicans are going to scream about this because you go back to uh, a few years ago when there was the House Intelligence Committee investigating uh, Trump Russia and everything surrounding that. And the Republicans, even though they had, they were actually represented on the House Intelligence Committee, they were in the skiff. You still had Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and those guys organizing these things, basically early insurrections where they invaded the skiff, right? Remember that? Mm-hmm. And they behaved as if they were completely locked out. And that's probably how they're going to engage this uh, select committee. Oh, they're not letting us talk. They're not letting us do our thing. We want to subpoena Mike Lindell. <laughs> no shit. Um, meanwhile, on Wednesday, yesterday, a 49-year-old Indiana woman became the first person sentenced in the January 6th riot. Anna Morgan Lloyd pled guilty to a misdemeanor count of demonstrating inside the Capitol. She was sentenced to three years of probation and must also perform 40 hours of community service and pay uh, $500 in restitution. Now, uh, some folks on Twitter were kind of pissed off about this particular sentence, thinking it was a little bit too light. And of course, I, I, I sympathize with that because I feel like all of these people need to be made an example of, right? <laughs> but our good friend Buzz Burbank did something that is uh, unusual but familiar to those of you who used to listen to Buzz Burbank News and Comment. I used to deliver uh, weekly commentaries that Buzz would include in his Buzz Burbank News and Comment podcast. Well, now, turnabout is fair play. Buzz Burbank has recorded a commentary for today's show about this very topic. So hey. here we go. Here comes Buzz. When you say Buzz Burbank, yeah. you've said it you've all. Said it all. There's been a lot of progressive outrage on social media in the last 24 hours about one of the first defendants to face a judge for their part in the January 6th insurrection. That outrage has been focused on a person who will, by the Associated Press account, face no jail time for their role especially since that person had called 1-6 the most exciting day of my life. But here's what my progressive friends need to know because so many haven't bothered to examine the details. I've seen posts from progressives referring to the defendant as he when in fact it's she. The woman who escaped what could have been six months in jail will now have to report to a probation officer every week for the next three years, pay a $500 fine, and deliver more than two weeks of community service. And that punishment is the maximum penalty that was recommended by the prosecutors. Because this misled grandmother from Indiana, according to prosecutors, hurt no one, did no damage, and played no role in the planning of the insurrection. And she has now apologized to the court, her family, and the American people, saying she's ashamed of her role, and she called the insurrection a savage display of violence. Hmm. The judge, in that woman's sentencing hearing yesterday, warned the remaining 500 indicted insurrectionists that she does not intend to make it a habit to sentence as lightly as she has in this case. Yesterday, that same judge accepted a plea deal from a slightly bigger fish, a member of the Oath Keepers who's pleaded guilty and agreed to flip on the organizers of that attack on our government, apparently the likes of Roger Stone and Alex Jones. And both of those men lead to Trump, who is far more deserving of our prosecutorial focus than this granny from Indiana. Hmm. But what also deserves our attention as progressives is that we know the facts and spread only the facts instead of angrily reacting to things we haven't bothered to investigate. Anything short of that makes us like them. Don't be like them. Be glad that Indiana woman isn't wasting our tax dollars in jail and that she is being punished and that she has been humbled. Be glad for the judge's leniency in that case and her warning to the defendants who will follow. Be glad that judge is willing to go a bit easier on the Oath Keeper in that second case if he'll tell us what he knows about Roger Stone and Alex Jones and others 
if progressives want justice to prevail, then we must adhere to the truth instead of flying off the handle just because we've become conditioned to being wronged. Know the facts and spare your outrage for the ones you know truly deserve it. Hi, David and Jody. Have a great <laughs> vacation after tomorrow's after-party show with Kimberly, Bob. And I'm Buzz Burbank for the Bob Seska Show. <laughs> Yay. All right. Thank you, Buzz. Thank you, Buzz. Yeah, food for thought there. Yeah. Got to look at these things. I got a little lump in my throat when you said, I'm Buzz Burbank. Buzz, yeah. you're an institution. We Absolutely. love you so much. Oh, my God. You have no idea. Well, uh, I've got some more good news. And it's not only good news because it's happening during the show rather than five minutes after we're done recording the show. We have mm-hmm. a deal on infrastructure. Those of you who are yeah, watching uh, cable yeah. news last night know that uh, there was a uh, framework for a deal in place last night. Well, now Joe Biden has officially announced it in front of the White House. He's got, geez, I see... Uh, uh, holy shit, Kirsten Cinema is there. Mitt Romney oh is boy. there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Joe Manchin is there. Uh, I see Susan Collins in the back. So this is a bipartisan infrastructure. John Tester I see in this picture. So it looks like uh, they've reached a bipartisan deal on infrastructure, and it's highly, highly unusual. So uh, when we come back from the break, um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about General Milley and uh, and a whole lot more. But first, you know, there's so much going on in the world that can make it difficult for us to relax and decompress. You know, we're talking about post-traumatic <laughs> stress disorder coming out of all of this uh, disaster and crisis, uh, it, it, feeling a little bit traumatized and so on. Well, I've got at least a temporary solution that you can try. It's called Sunday Scaries. They're CBD gummies. They're called Sunday Scaries. And no, don't worry. They're not scary. They're actually the opposite of scary. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use the promo code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, at checkout and get 25% off your order of Sunday Scaries. Boo! That's 25% off at sundayscaries.com with the promo code SEXYLIBERAL. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. These products are not for use by persons under the age of 18 years old. That's sundayscaries.com, promo code SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. From uh, Scratch Tracks and Rough Cuts. There's three F's in Rough Cuts, in case you go to search for it. The song is called Fight the Lie. Oh, yeah. These guitars are so beautifully recorded. I'm just like listening to the mix of acoustic and electric, and I was just yeah. like, oh, this, somebody really, really poured their heart into this. Yeah. The I balance just, is so perfect. I love the groove of it, too. Uh, that's lunablueband.com, and blue is spelled B-L-U. There's no E in there. So. Yeah. So great. Uh, again, as I said uh, at the top of the show, Indie Music Countdown, probably, you know what, I'm thinking about doing it this weekend, just for the hell of it, getting it out of the way before I officially land on vacation. So, uh, And also, by the way, we've got an exclusive CC Grace song coming up. It's, uh, it's so great. Uh, you know what, in fact, I'm thinking about playing it right now. CC Grace recorded a song parody for us, and okay. guess who it might be about? So let's just play it now. CC Grace. This is a, is a song called He'll Have to Go. Uh, that's an actual old country standard. And she's rewritten the lyrics to be funny and politically poignant. So here we go. This is CC Grace. Ah, enjoy. She's taking Rocky Mountain Mike's spot here on the show. <laughs> Last November, though Joe beat him Still spouting bullshit, poisoning our air. His very presence in our world lays us alone. Can't someone tell the orange? 
You know what? It's so fucking cool to hear that voice, that golden voice, saying four-letter words and other obscenities like douche canoe. (laughs) I was going to say, like, it's very rare that, like, politically... Political satire music is something you'd actually also just listen to for the sound of the gorgeous music, (laughs) you know, and yet here she is. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. That's so great. I think it says ccgrace.net to support uh, CC Grace. Man, that is uh, incredible. Thank you so much, CC. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, Okay, so moving along here on the show today. So we got this bipartisan deal on infrastructure. This is so weird. And in fact, uh, when I first heard about this last night, I was watching Lawrence O'Donnell, and Lawrence O'Donnell, who's an expert at all things United States Senate, he was also weirded out by this deal. It's like, how can this possibly be the deal? This sounds ludicrous to me. They've reached a deal on a bipartisan infrastructure package, right, that the Republicans and Democrats will vote together to pass. And then they're going to vote on a second infrastructure package, that's got all kinds of Democratic wish list items. And they're going to pass the second one using only Democratic votes through reconciliation. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah, yeah. But the weird thing about that is why would the Republicans agree to support the bipartisan bill knowing the Democrats would go totally around them for the second bill? Mm. Uh, Can I just say real quick that I think Kirsten Cinema is the Tulsi Gabbard of Andrew Yang's... (laughs) Yeah. You know, I posted this the other day on Twitter and it got a lot of response. I said, I don't know a single goddamn Democrat who likes Kirsten Cinema. I think every Democrat in this country hates Kirsten Cinema. And and there's it's no remember reason how why. they were always trying to portray um Hillary Clinton as Tracy Flick. Yeah. As as that her name, you know, like the irritating, like, you know, person from your class who's always like sticking their hand in the air and that's actually Kirsten Cinema. Yeah. It's not Hillary Clinton. She goes out of her way to be an asshole is what she does. She's like, I'm quirky. My concern with her is that she might become a Republican before 22. And then Mitch McConnell becomes majority leader. Yeah, I know. And that's why I think the Democrats have to, in some way, tiptoe around both her and Joe Manchin. Because Joe Manchin could do the same goddamn thing. And he would be mm-hmm. relatively safe in West Virginia. Kirsten Cinema would be relatively safe in Arizona if she became a Republican. And so that's the danger. That's the fire we're playing with here when it comes to these I just, two. Every and time they I look know at it, Joe Manchin, they know I, it. Yeah. I think a middle school is missing its basketball coach. <laughs> You know, I mean, he really <laughs> needs to be like in a pair of those polyester pants the with the two pants. buttons in the front. Yeah. yeah, that like go way up almost to the nipples and make you look like a golf ball on a tee. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just I look at him and I just think he should be like you know somewhere in like Muskegon County, Omaha, like that's exactly coaching right. girls basketball and getting in trouble with the parents because he's been patting them on the butt. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, they, you know, Lars O'Donnell last night had uh, Ed Markey on the show, and Ed Markey explained in uh, very explicit terms, you know, the Democrats agree. I mean, the uh, Republicans agreed to it. The Republicans are on board with this. And, and Lars O'Donnell is still going, what the fuck, man? What the fuck is this? This is so weird, man. <laughs> stop the hammering! <laughs> yeah. Um. Stop, stop the hammering, right. So I guess it's going to be a thing, and this is a big deal. The, the bill to look at, the bill to really focus on, the side of this to really pay attention to is that reconciliation bill. Yeah, it says here in USA Today, Biden said he will pursue separate legislation to try to pass his subsidized child care, home caregiving, climate change, pre-kindergarten and free community college proposals, human infrastructure components that Republicans oppose. He will have to rely on a legislative maneuver called reconciliation, as we said, which would allow Democrats to approve the bill with a simple majority in the 50-50 Senate where Vice President Kamala Harris can break ties. So there you go. It's a pretty big deal. Okay, so General Milley. Let's talk about General Milley. I've been hesitant to talk about critical race theory here because I think it's a, a Republican bugaboo. I think it's a Republican talking point that uh, they, they're baiting us into talking about it, right? And they uh, questioned uh, General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff yesterday in Congress about this as he was testifying. And his response to all of this was immense. The fact that General Milley just completely owned Matt Gates yesterday to Matt Gates's <laughs> face was uh, pretty amazing in and of itself. But here's yeah. General Milley from uh, yesterday in Congress talking about critical race theory in the United States military. Um, first of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African Americans that were three-quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and emancipation proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. And I respect your service and you and I are both Green Berets, but I want to know. And it matters to our military and the discipline and cohesion of this military. And I thank you for the opportunity to make a comment on that. Thank you, General. Yeah, damn straight. Thank you, General, is right. That, I mean, that really squares with, because I grew up around military officers. My mm -hmm. dad was an officer in the Air Force. And, yeah. I, you know, that they're really smart guys. So many, many of them are very learned because mm -hmm. they, they, you know, they go to West Point. They go to the, you know, these military universities where they learn centuries of military thought. And they also learn economics and just like where the people that they're leading are coming from. Uh, and in the military, there's no room really. I mean, there's a racism problem, but a lot of the people that you meet in the military are formerly racist who came into the military and worked alongside people and met them and knew them and became less racist. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's it's important, I think, from a national security point of view uh, mm -hmm. that, that we understand where some of the things uh, we're dealing with today, where that all started, how it began. Like if we look at just something like George Floyd's murder last year, and you can't just trace it back to you know police training or violence or systemic racism inside the police force. You have to dig all the way back to the founding of our country, to the first colonization of of this continent, 
And uh, you have to look at all those events leading up to George Floyd, going back to the Civil War, going back to Jim Crow, going back to uh, indignities that haven't even been written down in history books because of white supremacy in this country. And so you have to look at all of those things in order to understand where we are today. And I think that's what General Milley's looking at. We're just we're basically looking at history. I don't know why the Republicans are interested in canceling history. Terrible events in this The thing time. is that the critical race theory is really like it's something that's taught in law school. Right. Yeah. It's not being taught in any high school, elementary school, or middle school in this country. Right. And so we're once again chasing dragons and unicorns mm-hmm. for the Republicans. You know, they've invented something and now they're going to – it's – it, uh, it's yeah. just really aggravating. It is. And what they're doing here with this is it's the same as we saw for four years with Donald Trump. They have just decided, fuck it. We're going right for that racist demographic. We're not even going to apologize for it. We're not going to do any dog whistles. We're just going to be overt about our racism because there's no other way out for the Republican Party. The only way the Republican Party survives in some form is if it exploits the racist demographic and if it makes voting much more difficult in this country. And they're engaged in both of those things. That's how they're keeping their heads above water, at least for now. And it's so incredibly cynical. I think the racist voters don't even realize necessarily that they're being exploited. There's just like a wafer-thin barrier between the Republican Party right now and just outwardly blurting the N-word. I mean, they have figured out (laughs) that they can be as racist as they want. And that's why we see all of these racist outbursts. Or one of the reasons why we see all these racist outbursts in public, this is why we see many of the uh, race-motivated deaths in this country as far as uh, the police go, uh, as far as other racially motivated hate crimes go, whether it's uh, black people or AAPI and on down the list. It's because they've decided here, You are justified in your intolerance. You are justified in your bigotry. And our our party right here, our little clubhouse, you're allowed to come here and let your racist flag fly. And that's what they're doing. That's what the Republican Party is engaged in. That's why they're demonizing critical race theory. And really, when it comes down to it, ultimately, when we're talking about the military, for example, yeah, they're probably going to teach on some level uh, what critical race theory actually is. But in a broader sense... They're just saying, look, we're just looking at American history here. We're looking at the fact that, um, you know, we had a, a civil war in this country over the issue of slavery and that coming out of that civil war, there were major mistakes made in terms of how the country would be reconstructed to the point where it gave rise to the Ku Klux Klan. It gave rise to Jim Crow, all because reconstruction was canceled too early. And so all of these things manifested in resentment and hatred in the South among white people. And they wanted to uh, get back at all the black people who stripped them of their right to secede and their right to independence and states' rights and all the rest, the right to own slaves as the cornerstone of their economy. And so they got pissed off. And so they started doing horrible, horrible things to black people. And this is on top of slavery in this country, where black people were enslaved. So if you're looking at, oh, why, oh you know, you talk to racists now, and they why, why is there so much violence in the inner cities in Chicago and all these black people shooting other black people? And oh my God, they just, they deserve to shoot each other and annihilate themselves. And that's what racists actually believe in this country. That's why the Republicans are always talking about Chicago, always pointing at Chicago. Because it, it's a I'm racist dog. Point Sandy Hook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, again, that's the that's the obvious counterpoint that it's not just it's white people shooting white people. There's a gun epidemic in this country. There's a gun violence epidemic, you know, or you look at uh, Tulsa, for example, anytime that there's uh, black people being successful, white people have historically decimated those black people. And so that creates aftershocks that lead us to, you know, events like George Floyd, for example. So this is all stuff that we got to understand. We got to understand our own history. And I don't know why Republicans want to cancel our own history. Are they that delicate? Are they, are they that fragile? I don't think yes. so. I, I, well, yes. yeah, they, they are. <laughs> but, but it's also, it has more to do with politics and making sure that all of the racist white people line up for Donald Trump and all of his red hat disciples in every election moving forward, because otherwise they cannot win. They cannot win without that demographic. Okay. So uh, let's take a one last break and come back and talk about more stuff right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out. 
unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. We're going to be watching this guy collect all the Grammys one of these days. This is uh, the great Matt Jaffe, brand new single called Enough Bad Luck. It is, uh, let's see, where's his, uh, where's his website address? God damn it. Uh, scrolling up. Yes, mattjaffemusic.com is where you can find more from Matt Jaffe. Oh, my God. I get so much mail about Matt Jaffe. Like, where can I find Matt Jaffe? Where, how can I listen to more Matt Jaffe? Well, it's mattjaffemusic.com. That's where you can find it. Also, uh, everywhere you get your digital music. That's J-A-F-F-E. Link in the description to support Matt Jaffe and Luna Blue and all the music here on the show at bobsuska.com. Just look for uh, this episode of the podcast, and all the links are there for your convenience. Okay, uh, moving along here on the show today, uh, our last Thursday show before I take a break. Thank you very much. Uh, Greg Abbott is a fucking ghoul. We've talked about a number of yes. ways why Greg Abbott, <laughs> a number of reasons. Jesus Christ. Greg Abbott, Jesus Christ is right. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott vetoed a bill that will require schools to teach children about domestic violence and child abuse. Why the fuck would he? Oh, my God. Greg Abbott is all about owning the libs. He's like, oh, we're going to own the libs with this because God knows the libs are against child abuse and domestic violence. So, uh, and then, uh, as we saw earlier, he vetoed this law about uh, banning the use of heavy chains to tether dogs outside and leave them without drinkable water. Uh, you know, is a law f- banning those things. And Greg Abbott vetoed that fucking law. Uh, it, it is why baffled because what, I mean because he's an asshole. The Republicans are fucking assholes. Is why, but at least, I mean even assholes love their fucking dogs. Yeah, I know you it think you think, you think dogs would be the thing that brings us all together. You know See, what I mean? He's not talking about puppies. He's talking about adult dogs. Yes, it doesn't matter. It's a. Uh, I yeah. know. I just. Why, why would he want dogs to suffer and die from heat exhaustion, from fucking uh, malnutrition, from fucking uh, thirst? It's just because it's, the base that votes for him does that to their fucking animals. That's that's exactly and right. And that's the whole like, you know, I don't need the government messing with, you know, if my dog, I'll treat it how I want. Yeah. You know? And it's just, ugh. It's yeah, horrible. it's infuriating. Uh, meanwhile, Trump is cares in, more about fetuses, you know. Yeah, like, right, I mean, right. It's like, oh God forbid, either. anybody should breathe sideways at an unborn whatever, but like a living, breathing creature that has feelings and feels pain and thirst, and it just fuck that. Yeah, he's against putting heavy chains on fetuses. That's uh, we. I think we can establish that at the very least. So, so Trumpism continues on the march. A uh, an OAN host has called for the execution of everyone who stole the election from Donald Trump. This so is kind of shit. One million of us that voted for Joe Biden. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. A guy named Pearson Sharp. That's Pearson not, Sharp. That, that can't be his real name. No, it's can't not be. his real name. That's it's like the wacky. grifter, like what's her name? Like Melanie Roosevelt Washington, who was going to buy Atlant- <laughs> you know, Iceland Air or whatever. Did you right. see that? I'm changing my name to David... Jefferson Boone. You know, <laughs> like, 
I don't, everyone's gonna... everyone's noticing that my name on Zoom when I'm on the Stephanie Miller Dick show Pinch. is Dick Pinch. Yeah. Dick Pinch. <laughs> People are having some fun with that the other day. It's like, Bob, I just noticed that your name on Zoom is Dick Pinch. It's like, yeah, don't you listen to the Stephanie Miller show? I mean, it's it's a thing. It's a thing that <laughs> What's Bill the recap said. guy's name? Valet Pulitzer or something? <laughs> or? <laughs> well, OAN's Pearson Sharp, his DJ name, Called call for the execution of any traitor involved with what he described as a carrying out a coup against the presidency. And this is the kind of shit. Okay. This, is, this is why we fine. That means all the January six assholes are going to the guillotine. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the kind of shit that's causing the post-traumatic stress disorder. It's it's what they're trying to do is make sure that we're not talking about things like the insurrection, that we're not talking about the uncontrolled pandemic that killed on Donald Trump's watch over 500,000 Americans. And that's why it's so important, not only from a personal psychology point of view, but also from a societal point of view, we have to come to terms with this shit because if we don't we're going to be even more fucked up next time we're not going to be able to spot it when it comes down the road we're not going to be able to cope with it when it happens this is uh it's it's crucial that we do this but they don't want just make sure that uh you know instead of talking about the insurrection we're talking about how uh and you know the the deep state stole the presidency from donald trump and then we're swatting that down Mm. instead of coming to terms with all of this shit Meanwhile, more Trumpism, Curtis Sliwa. <laughs> What this, is with the names, man? This, what is what is going on? Well, you know, you know, Curtis Sliwa goes back. I mean, I first heard of Curtis Sliwa uh, when he was on the Morton Downey Jr. show in like the mid nineteen eighties. Curtis Sliwa is a right wing uh, hack. Wait a minute! Yeah. Oh my god! I just made that connection. I I know it. Oh man! Yeah, he's gonna really be the Republican candidate. For he's mayor. gonna be the, yeah. He's the Republican nominee for New York City mayor. That is again. That is one hundred percent Trumpism. That's all. People just pushing a button next to a name that they recognize because he's hard. a tabloid celebrity in some way, going back to the nineteen fucking eighties. He's the guardian angels guy who wears the uh, beret. You know, a little fun fact for you: Curtis Sliwa is the only talk show host. Uh, who I turned down when he was uh, when he invited me on his show. Usually, <laughs> when someone calls me up and says, "Hey, you want to be on my show?" I go, "Yeah, sure, I'll be on your show. I don't care if it's a Republican." I used to go on the John Phillips show all the time. He's a Republican. Curtis Sliwa calls and says, "Hey, you want to be on my show?" And I go, "No fucking way." You know why? Because it's a fucking joke. Nothing gets resolved <laughs> during the post. Turned down Stephen Crowder. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Stephen Crowder, you did? Because yeah. speaking of Stephen Crowder, during the postmortem show, I'm going to be talking about Stephen Crowder and that bullshit, whatever the fuck that was with Sam Cedar. Because uh, I've got a lot to say about that. I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. You're going to have to listen to the postmortem show to get all the, the details and, and, my, and my thoughts on whatever the fuck that was that those two got into. Um, that's coming up. Uh, BobSuskaShow.com to subscribe. Okay. Uh, also, Nikki Haley is running for president. <laughs> It's already started. Get ready. 2024 is going to be a fucking shit show of all shit shows. So Nikki Haley is off in Iowa. She bank- She's banking political favors ahead of a possible 2024 bid in uh, that caucus state, of course. She sought in recent remarks to emphasize her own political identity while still appealing to former President Donald Trump's deeply loyal supporters. And we're never going to let her forget that, are we? We're never going to stop talking about how she is just another Donald Trump sock puppet. This is what Nikki Haley is all about. She had the chance to be taken seriously, and she decided instead to throw in with the fucking red hats. And that has to be the line from all of us. And they won't vote for her. She's a woman and and not white. Yeah, exactly. Well, also, I think Mike Pompeo is uh, running, too. He's talking to uh, donors, uh, big money people. <laughs> Mister, I need York. a nap before I can do those hostage negotiations. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah, and you'll you'll know that Mike Pompeo is really running if you see him go through some sort of drastic weight loss. Because uh-huh. that's what that was the indication that I had with Chris Christie. I was like, you know how we're going to know if Chris Christie's going to run for president? This is back in I don't know 2014, 2015. You know how I know Chris Christie might run. If he gets a some sort of stomach stapling, if he gets like a lap I band, I thought he surgery, already did that. I he did, he did and he ended up doing it. And that's and as soon as I heard that he did it, I was like, oh yeah, he he's running, he's running because he's got to lose the weight. 
in order to but campaign. he's gained it all back. Yeah, he's gained it all back. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah, that's the thing with that kind of procedure. It works initially. Yeah. I mean, if you really want it to work, you literally have to remove part of your stomach because it'll yeah, yeah. stretch back out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I've heard so a lot bad. of people who've had very negative uh, experiences with those kinds of surgeries. Well, and you they, have to, it's, it's funny, what you have to do to eat properly with a stomach that's, say, the size of your thumb. Like an egg, yeah. You might as well just eat like that with the size of your normal stomach because you're going to lose weight eating like that. Right, yeah. The idea is I to just, I I guess, force yourself. I had a friend who like, got yeah. really skinny, but it was like his brain wasn't getting enough nutrition. Like he, his Didn't whole, Al Sharpton he, get that surgery? He, he slowed like, way down. His like whole personality kind of changed. He seemed sort of dazed and out of it all the time. Yeah. Like I was like, baby, you need to eat. Like well, I just go yeah, ahead. and this is purely anecdotal, but the in my experience, the people I've talked to have had similar surgeries. Is uh, the women always end up having terrible side effects afterwards, and the men mm. don't typically have the same kind of side effects. Well, there's a there's a there's a radio talk show host here in Los Angeles that had that when Stephanie and everybody were still at that same station. Yeah, um, and apparently the gastrointestinal problems. Yeah. that occur because you don't have enough stomach to digest your food. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and you have to take all sorts of vitamins and, and other things just to get the nutrition that you need because your stomach can't do its job That's anymore. Right. Yep. It's it's incredibly, there's a lot of problems mm-hmm. yeah, associated absolutely. with it. It's like, at least with lap band surgery, it's not permanent. Yeah, I mean, the one of the women I knew who had that surgery you know, suffered from nausea perpetually yeah. for years mm. afterward. That's and, not surprising. Yeah. I mean, again, this is all anecdotal. I mean, I don't know. I don't have individual studies to determine how this uh, all plays out between men and women, but the women I know have all had terrible reactions to that kind of surgery. And so uh, just bear that in mind. Um, let's see what else here before we wrap up the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to mention something here. Uh, Navy counterterrorism training document has suggested that socialism is a terrorist ideology. Section of the training document titled Introduction to Terrorism slash Terrorist Operations groups anarchists, socialists, and neo-Nazis into the same political terrorist ideological category. Training document was designed for masters at arms, the Navy's internal police. Here's the thing about that. Um, First of all, I've heard some controversy that The Intercept misinterpreted that document. Um, but I think that's been debunked. I think the intercept got it right. But the problem is that it's ironic because the Navy in and of itself is representative of American socialism. (laughs) That's the thing. I mean, the thing that the, uh, Republicans don't understand everyone who's demonizing socialism in this country right now. What they don't understand is again, if they had gone to like entry level economics class, they would have learned that the United States has a mixed economy. We're not purely a capitalist society. It's, a, it's basically an even mix between capitalism and socialism here. We have a government that provides copious goods and services. Whether it's national defense, whether it's missiles, whether it's things like Social Security and Medicare, there are significant. I mean, what's the federal government budget every year? It's in the trillions. So that's that's all socialism. (laughs) I mean, how can you attack socialism without attacking the very centerpiece or one of the two centerpieces of the American economy? That is just that is absolute propaganda run amok. That is what we were talking about a second ago. I think I told you guys the story about when they were going to eliminate our jobs at the public radio station because the state budget had cut it out. And then our governor at the time appropriated stimulus money from Obama and enabled them to keep. Georgia Public Radio funded. Yeah, yeah. And I had this one coworker who was a big AM radio guy and really, I don't know what he was doing working in public radio, but I remember slapping him on the back that morning at a staff meeting and being like, guess we're all socialists now, aren't we, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just absurd. I mean, I don't consider myself necessarily a socialist, although I do support certain socialist style programs. And I think they're common sense programs, obviously. Uh, but firefighters, that's socialism. Socialism, yeah, firefighters. Any I service that the government any service that the government provides is socialism. That's what that is. 
I mean, yeah, a lot of Republicans going around saying, well, yo, that's why we got to shrink government. Go live in Texas where you can't run the air conditioner or your dryer right now. Yeah, the right. freaking electrical grid is as temperamental as Faye mm. Dunaway on a movie set. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just it. They, everyone loves their socialism until they talk about socialism on AM talk radio or Fox News Channel. You know, it's that's the the great irony, the great contradiction, the the propaganda that's being spewed. It's like they're demonizing uh, critical race theory. They're in order to say, ah, black people, we hate black people. Vote for us, we hate black people, just like you hate black people. And with socialism, oh, we hate socialists, just like you hate socialists. And uh, just ignore the fact that we're our entire economy is half socialist. <laughs> Forget about all of that. We're just going to proceed forward by lying to everybody, especially our own supporters. And that's the key. They're lying to their own well, people. Well, for them, it's only socialism when it helps poor people. They love government subsidies for Exxon and, yeah. you know. Oh, my and- God. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the big deals. All those subsidies. That's socialism. If you're getting a government subsidy, that's 100% socialism. That's spreading the wealth around. Remember John McCain used to uh, uh, troll about that? He's like, oh, Barack Obama wants to spread the wealth around. Yeah, welcome to the American economy, asshole. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) It's been this way forever. Read a book, for God's sake. Okay, that's it. Uh, We are done here uh, for this week. And uh, as I said before, we're off all next week. We're going to be back on July 6th, two weeks from Tuesday, a week from this coming up Tuesday. So uh, stand by for that. And uh, let's see what else here. You can find Jody Hamilton at uh, patreon.com slash from the bunker. You can also find her at sexyliberal.com along with all the other sexy liberal podcasts, uh, sexy liberal podcast network. Uh, It is your podcasting superstation. And uh, also, what am I forgetting? From-the-bunker.com as well. Uh, David Ferguson, you can download his music at astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Do it now. Go go right now. As soon as this show is over, though. <laughs> Listen to the rest of the show, and then you can go start downloading stuff. Uh, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Also, patreon.com slash T-Rex report. And uh, Buzz Burbank, uh, b- make sure to support Buzz Burbank on social media. Search for Buzz Burbank on Twitter. Search for Buzz Burbank on facebook as well and uh, and say hi mm-hmm. yeah thank you to buzz for the commentary today too that was uh, that was great mm-hmm. I, I love crossing the stream sometimes where, where tuesday crosses into thursday <laughs> be careful it's really mysterious. i loved the round the round tables that we did yeah yeah we're gonna have to do more of those obviously you gotta find your party yeah oh by the way uh gotta listen to uh yesterday's interview show with larry charles from uh you know <gasps> d- director of borat Fun. yeah he's great i love larry charles uh, we also talked about uh, Kramer uh, from Seinfeld being a member of Q. <laughs> we had an extended right. conversation about whether Kramer Shut would be uh, in Q. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. Well, because Larry Charles is a writer on Seinfeld, so. So that was a fun show. Uh, and, of course, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Larry Charles. And, uh, yeah. So I think the first guest I have booked for after the break is uh, the return of Donna Halper. We're going to have Donna Halper back on the show. You might know uh, Donna as a radio legend, also the discoverer of Rush and a regular here on this program. Okay, that's it. Take care, folks. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye.